0: Hello everyone and welcome to Mike Springston FFC podcast where we coach you in the Word. Today we're going to pick up with the second part, second session of the five words that contrast in the spiritual and in the natural. And so uh, we want to welcome all of those of you from around the world that have downloaded our studies, uh, those that have downloaded... uh, uh, in Singapore just recently, and Canada, we want to welcome you to our podcast. We pray that God blesses you through his word. We thank all of those around the United States of America who choose to download with us and study along with us. Please know that you're welcome to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. Anyway, let's get started with a word of prayer. Father, open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear and our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God says to us. Then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we ask that Jesus would speak, and the Holy Ghost would reveal it, As he reveals it, we'll receive it, and we will release it to your people. May it be words that will touch, bless, challenge, and encourage your people, so that we can truly be transformed by the truth. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. In our last podcast on this subject, we contrasted mankind's understanding of eternity We also spoke concerning the fact that everyone operates from a belief system. We spent time describing the differences in the belief system of those who have not chosen to believe there is a God, and of those who are rebelling and rejecting the God who they know exists. From there, we began to contrast faith. We explained how faith works in those who operate based on their natural instincts and desires and how this makes them their own little god. These, in our opinions, as they base their lives on natural faith, base them upon four basic foundations. Work, education, natural skill, and connectivity. The connectivity, of course, is to those of whom they think and help produce the lifestyle they desire. Those things are referring to addictions, gang memberships, clubs, uh, financial circles, all of those. So we'll begin this podcast by exploring the faith system of one who has his faith placed in the spiritual and his faith being based upon the offering of Jesus Christ and then placing his faith in and living by the faith of the author and finisher of faith. So faith in the Christian world has a far deeper and greater meaning. While faith in the natural supposes immediate gratification, to the Christian it involves a trust in the love of God. Christians place their trust in a substance. Of course, that substance is the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. From that substance, their faith attaches to the accomplished works of Jesus and the plan of salvation. Those accomplished works, of course, include what he did as Jesus on the cross and Jesus in the tomb, preserving uh, the, the spirit going into hell, being resurrected and becoming the victoriously anointed Christ, going into the tabernacle made without hands and becoming the high priest who blotted out the handwriting of ordinances, made our life safe in his blood. And then him becoming Lord and there making our life sound Everything that has a name must bow. And then lastly, becoming the man in the Godhead bodily where we became complete and whole in him. I'll not take the time here to go into the depths of details about those names and titles of Jesus. And I will not go into the depths and details of the names that, and the benefits that are associated with salvation But from the marriage of these names and the benefits, the Christian has a defined substance and object upon which to to build his foundation of trust. From this foundation, a knowing is forged, a knowing that because of the work of Jesus and the benefits of salvation, God is controlling our outcomes Now, there may be trouble and there may be adversity, but we have the peace of knowing that he in whom we have believed is able to keep us against or in that day. We may not have anything at the moment, but we have the promise of God to meet our needs. We may be in various issues, but our faith has a substance that keeps us not only in peace, but gives us rest. We can rest in his love and rest in his faithfulness and rest in the knowledge that he's working his will on our behalf. These things of substance give us hope that all things, whatsoever they are, are working together for good to those who are the called according to his purpose. We have hope, my friends, for a better day through the faith that operates in the spiritual world. We have hope for ministry to our physical and spiritual self, We have hope that in whatever condition we find ourselves, that he knows how to deliver us. This is the substance of encouragement. It's also the genesis of life, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. It is the genesis of life, for it is the attachment of faith to grace. Have we saved? Then faith to the Christian becomes an evidence. This evidence is the proof that is expressed when our faith transforms our nature. This faith produces in us a new attitude, a new outlook, and a new method of communication. We're transformed out of the dark actions and ideas that seem to drive the old nature and propelled into the nature that caused us to be propelled into behaviors and deeds. Now this new nature comes along and it propels us into new natures, new behaviors, new deeds, new actions, new words, because we have come from a better manufacturer. Created in us is a stability and control that evidences the presence of the authority, character, and personality of Jesus Christ. Our faith gives us stability. Natural faith produces and promotes instability because you are your own God. Now this evidence in the Christian faith may appear in different ways. For instance, faith will not only transform your actions and attitudes and produce a Christ-like behavior, it will also serve as the means that God will use to supply the needs that are required to take care of you on the daily. Faith is a tool that operates from its substance so that the evidence of proof of what is in the substance becomes available to the one who is operating in faith. This is because of the one to whom faith is attached. And of course, that's Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the substance of faith, and we as Christians can attach our faith to his, we have access to everything that is produced by grace and mercy. So our prosperity, which is a product of grace, can be accessed. This faith processes processes for us a great deal. Why? Because we can draw near to God and he can draw near to us by faith. The outcome, my friend, is deeper and greater access into grace and mercy. Then there is the concept of free will. Now, free will is a big one in our day. This is the idea that we can clearly choose and define what it is we want to believe and the lifestyle we desire to live. This can be seen across many levels in our society, from the structure of connectivity that we see in the street cultures to the connectivity of the alternate lifestyles. People are using their free choice to attach and affirm themselves to structures that please their self-satisfaction. Whether it's greed, money, material things, sex, or any other object of fixation, people are driven by their ability to choose. Free will. The enemy has released the concept of free will into the mind of man. They use this to seek a support system that affirms, at least at the moment, what and who they choose to identify with. The result of all of this is devastating to the person. They remain a beggar. They remain bruised and broken. They remain blind and in bondage. The slavery that comes from mastery is apparent in their lives. They reject God, use their free will to refuse truth, while accepting slavery as the alternative. Although this is not understood and is argued against when placed in contrast using these terms in a biblical sense, there is no question that it cannot be seen clearly as an alternative and counterfeit lifestyle. Of course, all of your reward in this life of free will, in the natural, is in the moment. You don't have to wait to get what you want. However, there is an overlooked ultimate day that will come to show that what you received in the present was not worth the reward of the future. Nor was it worth the risks that were taken to obtain what your free will desired. Nor is it worth the possibilities of what may happen to you On the long run, yeah, there's a a lot of issues here. The Christian free will serves a completely different process. For the Christian, our free will brings us to choose to make Jesus Christ our Savior. We choose a master that offers us the exposure of his love, the explanation of truth and the prosperous living, and the expression of works that meet each and every need That is expanded, not only into the moment in which we live, but into the life of eternity. We freely bow ourselves before him, and we freely choose to make him our God. We freely choose to be his people. We do this for one reason. That is because we identify with truth. We identify with reality. We identify with the fact that there are two masters. One master is leading us on a life of deception and death. The second master will lead us into a life of peace, rest, and prosperity, eternally, forever, with him. We identify with what Jesus Christ has done. We receive it. We believe it, and we release it into our lives. So what we identify with is freedom. We identify with liberty. We don't identify with bondage. We don't identify with anything that is not operating in the spirit world under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in complete freedom and complete liberty. We have found the acceptable day of the Lord in our free will system, Someone said yeah but You're not looking at all of those out there That have all the wealth and riches There, They have the wealth and riches at the moment But the word of God declares That he is the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills And he will reward And he will repay Our faithfulness Now watch this The world finds their liberty If you will in the things that their flesh can achieve, and from the things that they can naturally identify with and believe believe on. We find our liberty, however, in the spirit. We find our liberty in following after the thing from which we were created. Our spirit and the supernatural is the force. Believe it or not, it's the free will force that Those who are living in the natural are really seeking. The difference between us and them and the free will is we submit to the spiritual. We submit to the mastery and lordship of Jesus Christ. They submit on another spiritual plane and on another spiritual level. That spiritual plane is the way that seems right to a man but it's the way of death. The world seeks the supernatural, so they go into the spirit world in their free will, never understanding that what they're attaching their spirit to is a plan of deception. It's a purpose of deceit. It is a way to entrap and entangle them in slavery. It is a spirit world, but it is a spirit world that wraps itself around common things, natural things, earthly things. So they suppose that it is found in the actions that satisfy the flesh. Of course that's not true and in the long run is extremely devastating. Ultimately death, unrelenting struggles, hurt to loved ones, and a plethora of troubles seem to find its way to the works of the flesh. Well, We've made our free will to give us the opportunity to live in freedom and liberty, to live in the idea that we have forgiveness of sins through what Jesus has done for us. We can be healed because of what Jesus has done for us. He has given us a means of forgiveness. He has given us a means to be a mediator on our behalf. And he has given us a means to be an intercessor. Now lastly, there is the concept of love. We have to contrast the concept of love from the perspective of the God who is love and the counterfeit love that the world has chosen to represent how they choose to view love. I told you there are two spirit worlds. So there are two methods of operating out of love. The world looks at love as another fluid activity. To the world, love is a feeling and an emotion. It's triggered by the concept of self-satisfaction. If it makes me feel good, I love it. If it solves or settles a need, a passion, a desire, a drive, of which I think is important, I love it. If it gratifies me, I love it. If it soothes me, I love it. If it gives me peace and security, regardless of how short-lived, I love it. If it gives me the emotional sense of self-worth, I love it. If it gives me control, regardless of how short that control is, I love it. If I can control the feeling. I love it. As you can see, these are all generated by how something external affects me. That's why McDonald's uses the term McDonald's. I'm loving it because it gives you a feeling, an external feeling. From the outside in, McDonald's will solve your hunger pains. Mm -hmm. I love it. Love then to the world is the composite of how something external affects my feelings and how something external affects my emotions. For this reason, love in the world is extremely fluid. It can change once the feeling subsides. It can be altered by more intense emotion. Love has no certain set of standards in the world. It can be applied to anything, just as I just told you, it's applied to McDonald's. It can be applied to anyone. It can be applied to any situation. Why? Because it's based off of how the thing, the person, or the situation makes me feel or affects my emotions. That's why we see people that get angry, act out in anger, and they point the finger at someone else and say, well, they made me do it. See, everything is external driven in the love economy of the natural and of the spirit world associated with Satan. The fluidity of which we perceive love is absolutely staggering. The more intense the situation is, that seems to satisfy and gratify the mind and the flesh, the more deeply the association of worldly love is applied. This, of course, has caused love to be misrepresented and misunderstood. We cannot understand love because we equate love to what we see, feel, touch, taste, and hold. All of this, of course, is related to the natural. We expect that God and His love operate under the same system. Of course, this is not even close to true. Let's look at the love of God. The love of God is a love that's based upon who he is, not how he feels, not how what happened just strikes his emotion. No, it's who he is. It's his personality and his character. It's his means of interacting with mankind through the processes of holiness, purity, and righteousness. So who is God? Well, he is love. Love. How does that love expose itself to mankind? It was exposed in the life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His life reflected the love of God to each of the five classes of man listed in Luke 4.18. The beggar was loved by God and given the riches of assurance and the promises of God and the reward of God. The bruised were loved by God and from that love a healing was provided that gave them peace to move forward in life and live in abundance. The broken were loved by God, and from that love they were healed and delivered from the effects of self-satisfaction and self-gratification. These caused the brokenness in their life, and they were given peace and a new life to remove and replace that brokenness. Then there was love shown to the blind. From this love the life of darkness is removed, that spiritual overcast that seems to cover so many, is removed by the love of God. The life of misunderstanding is removed. The life of lies and false representations are removed. Light is exposed and a new and clear path is given. The blind see and become visually, mentally, and spiritually aware of the truth. The path of blindness is no longer a path of which they would choose to proceed because now they can see the truth. They have found a means and a way of freedom from the captivity of the things that they used to love. Then, of course, the fifth thing that the love of God does in Luke 4.18 is that it shows those who are in bondage. Caught, trapped in the web of slavery that they are kept and released from the bondage of slavery and can live in the liberty of Jesus Christ. Slavery and bondage of all of the things that the world propagates that are divisive, delusional, discouraging, and offer a one-dimensional view of love, they're all eliminated by the love of God. Slavery and bondage is a product of the divisiveness of our world the delusional behavior of our world, the discouraging actions of one towards another. And when we come out of a one-dimensional view of love that we have, which means that if it satisfies my emotion, makes me feel good, gratifies me, then it's worth it. If it doesn't do that, you're no more than a throwaway person. They're all eliminated by the love of God. Again, that love is covering man in holiness, purity, and righteousness. We no longer have to be angry, emotional, or live by how we feel, or even live by what we see. What happens when the world's love does not get what it wants? They become angry. They want revenge. They attempt to hurt those who did not do the things they desire. What's the outcome? Someone gets hurt by the very one of whom was experiencing. Potentially love for them, a family member, a husband, a wife. The fluidity of worldly love is dangerous. One can be in and out of worldly love on just a moment's notice. God's love, however, does not depend on how we feel. It depends on who he is. His does not change. It is not altered nor alterable. It is who he is, therefore, in who he is, there is a consistency, a stability, and a control of which we can depend. Of course, we're going to have to continue in his love for his love to operate in us as it is designed to do. But if we continue in his love, he who is unchanging, he who is stable, will love us based upon his holiness, his purity, and his righteousness. Where then does natural love come into play? Should we rely on natural love at all? And the answer is the counterfeit will always take you to places you do not want to go. It will cause you to do things that will have serious consequences and repercussions. All of the things in this teaching that are counterfeit, that are from the counterculture of the under-spiritual world must be brought under the subjection of the spiritual world that is lorded By Jesus Christ. It all must come under his direction. If we choose to accept the counterfeit. For eternity. For our belief system. For our faith. For our free will. And for love. The consequences and the repercussions are devastating. However, if we choose eternity. Based on the work of Jesus Christ. We are assured that we begin the life of eternity now and we live that life of eternity for the rest of our life. We are assured that our belief system is a belief system that is operating in us the economy of heaven and that from that belief system my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. I would that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. From our faith, we literally attach ourselves to the author and finisher of our faith, and every promise that is in him is yea and amen. How about that? From our ability to live in free will, we can choose to live in the stability and under the control of the lordship of Jesus Christ. We can choose to live in the freedom and the liberty that that lordship brings us. The blessing of that lordship. And then lastly, we can live under his love. We can live under the exact precision of the abundant love of Almighty God. That love is a love of promise. That love is a love that gives peace. That love is a love that gives joy. That love is a love that brings the spirit of truth. That love is a love that releases to you the very glory of God. That love is a love that brings you mercy, that brings you grace, that brings you the long suffering, that brings you kindness and shares with you truth. That love is a love that will keep you It will keep you in the good times. It will keep you in the bad times. It will keep you when things don't look like they're going the way they're going, but the word of God said that love will keep you in perfect peace. If you will just keep your mind stayed on him. See, there are two spirit worlds that we're operating in. One of those spirit worlds operates in our inner man when we're born again. The other of that spiritual world attacks us from the outside in with all of the common things, the common faults, the common problems that are common to mankind. But God has made a way of escape. To use the very words that the spirit world attempts to counterfeit, to bring you into the absolute complete the absolute, complete presence, knowledge, and wisdom of God as He reveals Himself to you in eternity, as He reveals Himself to you in your belief system, as He reveals Himself to you by faith, as your mind is turned over, and as you're walking in love. Yeah, this is the God that we want to know. He is the God that makes, by force, a man free from the inside out. Father, we praise you for your word. Bless your word. May it be heard. May it be taught. May it be rendered as a force in this land and in this world. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks again for listening. We'll hope to hear from you until we speak again.